Welcome to our cartoons, We're the Best. I'm Chris Thomas. I'm Kenny Chapman. And we are back, Kenny. We're here. We're here for um, one of the best cartoons of our generation. You know, I've heard that it's it's definitely a cartoon, and it's definitely big, just like everything in Texas. Everything in Texas is bigger, and you know what? I've actually tested that out before. Yeah? I've driven across the state line with friend of the pod, Cole, and I grew as I crossed the border. I actually physically grew. How much taller did you get? Uh, at least a foot. I felt like Pinocchio, but all over my body. You know, you already were pretty tall when I had met you. Yeah. So yeah. That's kind of cool, I guess. And, and you probably don't even notice the difference because it's all, it only, um, is like a Texas perspective, mm-hmm. but it's, um, it was terrifying. So as soon as you got here, you're saying that you weren't nearly as tall. I would say somewhere right around like Arizona on the drive, I kind of like went back to real size. Okay. Which is that maybe because you're sitting in at the bottom of the Grand Canyon, so... Technically, you weren't as tall as, like, anyone above the Grand Canyon. We did drive to into the Grand Canyon. I've heard so, you can do that. Yeah, actually, what really happened was I drove into the Grand Canyon and my legs crushed. It just crumbled. So I'm basically knee knees up. Okay. So I'm basically back to regular height. Okay. But no bottom leg. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, this whole story is kind of a greater metaphor for what we're talking about today. <laughs> Wait, go on. You I, know, like, you started out... <laughs> cut at the knees? You started out as a, as a pretty epic tall dude okay and then at a certain point you changed now i'm a female and there was there's a new creation of you an ode to you i guess you could say and it wasn't quite as good it it lost its knees it's kind of trying to stumble trying to be able to get up and walk um i feel like i got bashed a lot in this metaphor (laughs) i feel like to make it work i got kind of thrown under the bus here well you i don't know did you get thrown under a bus uh, no, I drove into the Grand Canyon. <laughs> I don't know, but in addition to that, because it looks like you are just a wreck right now. Thanks, man. If you were in this cartoon, Kenny, if you did get hit by a bus, you would be totally fine <laughs> a couple seconds later. So maybe you should step into the wacky world of Tex Avery. Uh, yeah, so the wacky world of Tex Avery. Should we give a little background of how this show came to an existence? Let's you said do you've done more research than you've ever done for any of our shows, which I actually take personal offense to, but I, I want to... Oh, Here, yeah. I want to hear it. Well, because I wasn't exactly the the biggest uh, uh, brainiac on Tex Avery. I guess we should say, neither one of us have ever watched this show, right? Oh, yeah. So I was going to ask you about that. Your nostalgia for the show, obviously no. nothing. No. Do you have any nostalgia for Looney Tunes? I would say yes, although I think a lot of my memories of it, it feels like I've kind of outgrown it. Like, I feel like when I really did watch the most Looney Tunes, which was more like reruns and stuff, I feel like I was a little too old for it. I watched Space Jam. Okay, is that it? Is that like your entire no, Looney Tunes knowledge? I mean, I definitely saw a lot of Looney Tunes. I was trying to think about where I must have seen these. I mean, maybe Cartoon Network, but I don't know yeah. if they were the channel that had the rights to it. I, I definitely watched uh, Baby Looney Tunes. Yes, I the, did too. The little kid, the, like when they're all babies, just yeah. living in uh, with the Nana. But we were older when that came out yeah. too. Isn't that, it's so weird. Like the one that was most predominant is the one that was actually for a younger Mm -hmm. audience so i feel like that kind of just missed our window a little bit yeah but i guess it makes sense because that show came out later than the original looney tunes Mm -hmm. i mean like i've seen some roadrunner stuff i mean obviously just throughout my life i've seen plenty of those some bugs bunny i remember like we watched uh the barber of seville uh oh interesting i don't remember that one at all yeah i think i don't remember if it was called that or if that was the mozart piece and it was a different name but either way i remember watching that in music class Classic, Ooh. classic bugs doing some opera. 
Classic. But that was basically it for me. So I actually had to do some research on Looney Tunes too because okay. I didn't know where all these came from. Yeah. And it turns out, so Tex Avery, he mostly is known for uh, Bugs Bunny, Porky Pig, Daffy Duck. The big hitters. The big hitters. Um, those were all created when he was at Warner Bros. And some of them he kind of had a little bit more of a soul creation of. Bugs Bunny, it seems like it was basically a whole bunch of people were making that. Yeah, because, you know, it takes 12 geniuses to make a bunny that a, talks. A bunny with, like, a Brooklyn accent. Yeah, it's tough. He, I, apparently, he came up with the What's Up Doc just because he's from Texas, and I guess that's... I mean, you would know. You've been to Texas. Yeah, like, everybody was yelling That's it. what it's people insane. say, I guess. As I was growing, I literally screamed, What's Up Doc? And I, I felt like I couldn't control my body. And that's because you were trying to ask the doctor what was happening to you. <laughs> I was on the phone with my doctor because I was very worried. And you're eating plenty of carrots to make sure you didn't get, like you know, blow up or something. Ironically, I didn't call my doctor when we crashed into the bottom of the Grand Canyon and I lost my knees. Yeah. I just felt like, what is he going to do? Well, and you didn't have any cell service. You're at the bottom of the Grand Canyon. And my phone exploded. That sounds like a Looney Tune. Yeah. Before we should get into what, who the connection between Tex Avery and everything, (laughs) but can I just say that there was a mention of how the character learned how gravity worked in this show when Looney Tunes is literally known for just ignoring gravity in every situation. Like, well, this style ignores gravity every time. And it was like, actually, I learned about gravity. Here's how it works. It's like, you don't acknowledge how it works. It's not too late for an old dog to learn new tricks. Okay. Um, Wait, so you're, but this show, even within this show, this episode, they ignored gravity multiple times. Yeah, well, you know, they're working on it. I think they ignored gravity, like, when as you, they were explaining how gravity works. When you started learning math, did you immediately know what, you know, Pythagorean theorem was? I did. I actually started backwards. I started with calculus and then worked my way to addition. It was like the curious math case of Benjamin Button. <laughs> That's exactly. And I did die oh. at the end. As a little baby, I died. Well, I hope that doesn't happen to Benjamin Button because I haven't finished it yet. <laughs> Don't get mad at me for bringing up Benjamin Button and then saying you did. I mean, granted, it is a long movie. You had I'm to. I'm trying have, to watch it in weird ways. You had I to. I started have with known. the middle. Went backwards, and then that was it. And I'm going to watch the second half later. Could you imagine if you watched Benjamin Button as you aged? So, like, as a child, you watch the first part, and then every time you just, like, intersect with Benjamin Button is a lifetime. It's like a messed up boyhood. So, so when you're 80, you're watching the end of Benjamin Button as a baby for pretty much no reason. And he's nice and, well, I guess a baby's not Sprite, but, you know, no, no, he's no. youthful. Yeah, I, I mean, there is a, med- like, I mean, old people and babies... There's some stuff in common there. They're very similar. It's like my theory that babies and drunk people are very similar too. It's a good theory. Yeah. I can get that. You know, when you're it. when you're a drunk person, you can't even you need everyone else to help you out. You're throwing up everywhere. You're yeah. t- you're talking nonsense. You can barely walk. If they both drive, they get arrested. That's true. I, the I, baby does go to jail. I guess I don't actually know. If a baby is driving a car, I'm assuming they wouldn't get arrested. No, I'd say that's probably the parents. What if the parents could prove that the baby had intent to like was like actually made the decision to drive? Then you're uh, going to baby jail. Like me, I'm going. <laughs> the baby's going to the, baby okay. jail. Okay, I would love to visit baby jail. Yeah, I mean, this isn't a baby jail podcast though. It's starting to look like it might be though. <laughs> it's a really cool idea. So Tex Avery, born in Texas. He basically, I mean, he was interested in doing all sorts of uh, doodles and cartoons as a kid in high school. 
Uh, he wasn't. I guess he wasn't particularly good at it in high school. Like, I mean, none of us are good at what we want to do. I'm still not good at anything. I didn't know how to record audio when I was seven. <laughs> Eventually, though, he uh, he went to the Art Institute of Chicago, learned a little bit, and after that, he tried to sell some comic strips to like newspapers, and no one would take him, which is just awful. That's sad, especially back then. I mean, that's probably when there was a bunch of newspapers. Freaking Garfield, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, taking up all Dilbert. the pages. Oh, that that's a comic, right? Calvin and Hobbes. Yeah, it's a comic. <laughs> <laughs> Archie, gosh. Ugh. Uh, so then eventually he was able to, to he had some sketches that he uh, was able to convince people at a, a minor uh, studio to have to bring him on and work at. And then so that was the very beginning of his rung of animation ladder, if okay. you will. Wow. Metaphor. Yeah. So like he, 12 metaphors in here so far. Uh, yeah. This is like a Sylvia Plath poem oh my god that's another one <laughs> go go uh further into the sophia platform me i um i'm actually in an oven recording this right now oh my god this so, is a reference i don't understand oh but... really sophia plath um killed herself by putting her head in an oven oh my god yeah her kids were in the other room too this isn't a cartoon no 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 this is she's a real person she's a real poet oh my I, god she has a lot of metaphors in her poems so i was saying this podcast feels like a sylvia i don't okay. want to explain this yeah this isn't a poetry podcast either <laughs> What is this a podcast? You so can anyway, tell we really want to talk about this cartoon. So Tex Avery, I mean, Tex Avery is kind of fascinating. I'll get That's to the true. fun part in a second. He basically went from Universal to Warner Bros. to MGM. Most of his success came from Warner Bros. with the Looney Tunes and MGM. Um, but I personally like Universal the most because that is where his life kind of altered in a weird and kind of Sylvia Plath way. Yeah, uh, So good. apparently... They, the office he worked at, they kind of roughhouse a lot and played games like they were like in high school. Wrestled each other? Like, um, no, uh, maybe. But with the, the story that I saw was they would just kind of take like rubber bands, like uh, the whole thing that you do as kids and like hit people with them in classic. the back of the head. Sure. Yeah. But then they expanded to like paper clips and thumbtacks. And one okay. day, one day they went towards his head. And apparently, like, someone told him to watch out, and he looked the other way. Oh, no. And it went right into his eye. Oh. So it ruined his left eye, and his depth perception was all off. And there's a theory that the reason he's so inventive and just he's able to come up with all these cool, surreal styles is because he just doesn't see reality like others do. Which is wild. Can you imagine? Can I just say, that is wild. Uh... I would. I got to imagine all the other people who only have one eye worth of vision are like, that's not how that works. I'm not some savant in seeing reality in a different way. <laughs> that's ridiculous. Yeah, that's a tough day for all the, the one-eyed people who were not given the same Art. opportunities. And by the way, if this Tex Avery show is what it gets you, you know... Maybe it's not the greatest thing in the world. Well, to be fair, I mean, <laughs> this is something that someone else made. Yeah. He had, he had plenty of success. I guess. So he eventually went to Warner Bros. because uh, he just kind of had some problems with Universal. And uh, he convinced them to make him a director, even though he didn't really have the experience to do so. He just kept showing them his eye up close. to like, like, give me the director job and I'll stop showing you my eye. I've been through so much. <laughs> I have stories to tell you. Listen to me. If you don't give me the job, I won't put something else in my other eye and I won't be able to see. I'm going to bird box myself. And this was like decades ago, so it doesn't even make sense. <laughs> 
So he then took over uh, a unit of animation at Warner. They were moved to a new location because there's just too many people at Warner. And that's where they formed the Termite Terrace. What? The Termite Terrace. Say that again? The Termite Terrace. One more time? Brought to you by Termite <laughs> Erasers. <laughs> hey, I wrote a dad joke, by the way, the okay, other Okay, well, this is the sponsor, and well, you're just, it, this is how we okay. make our fake money. You're right, you're right. Go ahead, go ahead. If I, you have any problems with termites or terraces, and they're in the same location, termite erasers are here to stop your termite problem. With five easy payments of $29.95, those termites will be saying sirenara. Wait, how do they, how does it work? They come in and they put like a kind of poisonous liquid all over everything. Jesus. And it kills all the termites. Oh my gosh. And other things too, but especially the termites. Okay, and you said $29.95. Is that with shipping and handling or without? Well, there's not really shipping and handling. I mean, maybe handling. Because they're a service? Because they they come in and do it, yeah. So they come in and do it. Do they come in and do it after you've paid once or do you have to do all five payments? And Uh, then they'll come. You have to pay twice. Before they come? Yeah. So it's actually 10 payments of $29.95. Well... (laughs) <laughs> so this is like the fine print. We can get into this afterward. Just, uh, you know, termite erasers. Do you want to hear my... Go for the dad my joke. My termite joke that I came up with? Yeah. What do you call... Ugh, it's kind of actually ruins it. What do you call um, <laughs> explosive wood damage? Um, the, the lack of insurance? Dynamite. Dynamite. Because termites... Oh, right. Okay, so you... <laughs> explosive wood damage. Dynamite. Oh, explosive wood. You already said termite. I get why that was ruined. Yeah, it did, yeah. didn't ruin it for me. Yeah, that's great. I was not paying attention to <laughs> Do that. Do you think I could part. convince Warner Brothers to give me my own... What the heck is the termite, Tara? Can you tell me what okay, that so is? so basically it was a... I believe it was a bungalow. Um, but either way, it was a, it was a building that, the, that uh, Tex Avery, along with Chuck Jones and some other animators, were basically put into. That was their office. But because it had termite problems, that's what they dubbed it. And that's where they that's where they first came up with the ideas for uh, Porky the Pig, uh, okay. Daffy Duck, and eventually Bugs. Bugs apparently just showed up as like a rabbit in one of these cartoons. And, oh, interesting. And then he was just electric. I think there was a, a, a an animator or a director that had his nickname was like Bugs or something. So they called it Bugs's Bunny. Okay. And, oh. And then eventually it just it stuck. That's not very creative. <laughs> Hey, can you give me just because they're creating all these characters? Mm-hmm. Can you give me like the like one sentence log line of of who Daffy Duck is? So Daffy Duck originally was. Are you talking about like just in general? Like or? yeah, what's his lot? Like who is he? Like what's his? What do you have to come up with? He's a freaking duck that talks. Like what's his character? So at the time, Daffy was actually a pretty interesting character because I guess. I guess that there wasn't a character quite like Daffy that was just so off the wall and, and animated and, and just went crazy. Okay. Uh, and then there's the fact that he's the duck. The t- <laughs> so, so the pitch was he's a wacky, crazy he's duck a who wacky talks duck. weird. Yeah, so, so the cartoon he, he originally showed up in was a Porky the Pig cartoon. And I think it was basically Porky Goes Hunting. Ooh, okay. I've learned that a lot of these Looney Tunes involve two different people probably hunting each other, or there's a hunter and a prey. Uh, even something like Tom and Jerry, which I don't think is technically Looney Tunes, but kind of has that style. Yeah. It's, it's a cat chasing a mouse, or Bugs Bunny is the hunter trying to kill the rabbit. Multiple different types, too. There's, uh, there's Umber Fudd, there's Yosemite Sam, and then even uh, one of the Wacky World... Um, references yeah was to 
the Red Hot Rider, who also was trying to shoot Bugs Bunny a lot. Oh, so, right. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, a lot of hunting going yeah, on. Yeah, a lot of hunting, a lot of just chasing. Um, in these cartoons we're about to tell you about, most of them involve two people trying to kill each other or just not getting along. It's true. So that's basically Looney Tunes in a S- nutshell. Scheming. But yeah, Daffy Duck, I mean, I don't know. It's like something that I can't really relate to because I've just grown up with plenty of those weird characters. Yeah. But there was just something really unique about Daffy. And huh. also there was the fact that uh, he had that really interesting way of speaking. Yes, sir, Daffy Duck, personal representative of the most sensational discovery since the Sweater Girl. He's colossal, stupendous. One might even go so far as to say he's mediocre. That's true. That was very unique. I can, I will give him that, that the voice acting was interesting. Yeah. Um, Apparently, they there, there are a couple rumors. One is that it was just the lisp came because they're making fun of someone that worked at Oh, that's good. That's a good story. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I don't think that's... It might not be true. Uh, Did the lisp affect his death perception and he could see a fourth dimension? Since since Tex couldn't see through one eye very well because of the accident. Right. uh, That's when he started to learn about other parts of the body, like the mouth, you know? There's, there's a lisp that can happen. He just no. started learning about anomalies in the human body. Yeah, yeah. You know, you just start to feel other parts. Like, your senses are just that much better. Okay. But uh, I think with Daffy, the other thing is that it was believed that because he had a, a duck bill, it would just make kind of a lisp happen because it was a, a long... I don't know. I guess because the bill is there, it's not going to sound the same as a human speaking. I thought lisp was tongue-based. Yeah, that's why... I, the, the, Lisp. Yeah, yeah it's seems, tongue-based. Although, you are extending your lips at the end. That's true. Alright, well, this is terrible podcasting. <laughs> okay, so we should move on to Texan Avery, the actual show. Yeah, this so is, anyway, he made a bunch of cartoons, and he is a huge figure in animation, specifically cartoons. Um, and anyway, so this show comes along, The Wacky World of Tex Avery. There's a couple different cartoons that are created um, kind of in an homage to this guy. Uh, we originally thought that the Tex Avery show was a good one to focus on, but that's actually just a compilation of many um, shorts that he did. We don't do compilations. Lifetime. Hey, how do you feel about compilations in other shows? Like when The Office or Friends does a compilation episode? Are you like, oh, this is kind of fun. I get to see a bunch of highlights. Or are you like, pass, like skip, I'm all set. I think, I mean, one thing is I feel like a lot of times there's an episode like a clip show. Yes. Where it's not clips we've seen before. Oh, interesting. Like, okay, that's like, fun. These I like are that short, idea. Like in Bring Up Rick and Morty again, they have the Morty's yeah. Mind Blowers. Yes, that's Which true. is like old memories, but obviously we haven't seen them before. I think also, I can't think of any off the top of my head, but I think there's plenty of sitcoms I've seen. Maybe How I Met Your Mother, where they bring up just old memories that I think probably what it is is they're just like short little ideas that they couldn't think of a full episode for. But if it is compilation of things you've already seen, it depends. Where do is you it stand like on a that? little montage or is it a full episode of just old memories? It's a full episode. So I mean, obviously for us that's not compelling because we just have Netflix or we that's have true. DVR, Hulu. Yeah. But back in the day, I can see why that would have been kind of interesting. Wouldn't you feel kind of cheated though if it, sure. you were waiting an entire week for a new episode and it's a bunch of old clips? Yeah, I at, at work I was bringing up uh, Survivor because we're big Survivor fans at work. We got of a fancy pool and everything. Do you? Yeah. So they used to have this one episode where they basically just had behind the scenes footage of like things that you missed 
um, which is sort of similar cool. to what I was saying with Rick and Morty, but I felt like with watching that, it was not compelling because okay. I was just ready for the next episode. Yeah, that's and fair. And I never thought that they really told you either that usually for the preview for the next week going into that one, you'd see things that were like, oh, these people are fighting. I can't believe it. They mm. seem to be so close. In reality, it was like day one. That's something that happened. Oh, that's kind of deceiving. So I felt like that was a cheat. Yeah. So I imagine if you were in that situation with a clip show, um, that would not be fun. Okay. Just curious. So back to text. Yeah. Uh, the Wacky World, however, is different from the Tex Avery show. It is basically new cartoons in the style of Tex Avery cartoons. Looney Tunes style. In Looney Tunes style. So this was created by DIC Productions in 1997 is when it ran. One year. Didn't last very long. No. But it had about like 65 episodes or so. Yeah. It and, was a co-production too. It was, mm-hmm. it was um, a Canadian company. DHX ran them as well. So uh, they could actually aired out of the United States before it aired in the United right. States. It finally aired in syndication right. after all of its episodes on, I think, Fox and then U- Paramount. Universal Paramount Network. I couldn't figure out where it aired on the U.S., but I saw that it was syndication. It was Fox and UPN, which doesn't exist anymore. It was originally on... Well, so if if it was a co-production, one of the places it aired first was M6, which was a French television channel. Yes, yeah, yeah. Apparently, Tex was a big deal in France. A lot of the production for this show actually took place in France. And some of the stuff we saw in this episode, French. That is true. There is definitely a French influence. Yeah, for some reason, France is one of those countries that really loves a lot of uh, Western American animation, so that doesn't mm-hmm. surprise me. You can also tell a little bit, too. It's always interesting as you learn, like, it's a co-production. It's going to countries that don't speak English as their first language. A lot of physical... Like, you don't need the dialogue in any of these to make them work. Right. And that's, like, something that are, that's very, like, accustomed to co-productions is, like, they're very physical in that way. And I think that's why Looney Tunes was so successful. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. A lot of slapstick, physical humor um, can translate to all sorts of countries. Uh, so let's sh- dive in. Yeah, should this. we talk about this, the three segments we yeah. hit? Yeah. And then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll briefly talk about the other uh, four, I guess. Yeah. So the very first one. Yeah. This is just plain old Tex Avery. It's the classic Tex Avery. And this is basically just about a cowboy sort of sheriff thing. Yeah. And he has an, a villain. Yep. Sagebrush, I think is his name. Which is a good name, by the way. Mm-hmm. So that's basically it. I mean, they just try and shoot each other Yeah, a lot. they duel it out. They're always, there's always something that they're both trying to get. One of them's super evil about it. The other one's super oblivious. And they had a lifetime supply of dynamite. Yes, of course. Endless amounts of resources in this desert out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, this uh, So Tex Avery was what I mentioned earlier. He was based on the character of the Red Hot Rider from the cartoon Buckaroo Bugs. That makes sense. Which I watched. So Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, look at you. So basically, uh, there were some things I did pick up on. There was a point where uh, the, the villain like hit him with something, and then he kind of like was slunged forward in a daze and walked in the same way as this guy, okay. as uh, the Red Hot Rider. And he just constantly is aloof. Okay. Um, it's very, I mean, the Red Hot Rider is very similar to Elmer Fudd or Yosemite because they just can never understand that Bugs Bunny is right in front of them and they're constantly getting hit right. by things. It's pretty funny. Um, yeah. I felt like this was not as funny. No, this is bad. It, it, even for a seven minute cartoon, it felt like it stretched. Like mm-hmm. you kind of, one thing that bothered me is it does feel like with Tom and Jerry and other things like this, they follow a very specific formula through and through and it hits you with surprises. This one was like, 
sometimes I'm going to put this person in a trap and it's going to work, but then they're going to magically escape and you don't know how. Mm-hmm. And other times it's not going to work and it's going to backfire on me. And it kind of just felt like it was scatterbrained. But the one thing, and I think this is probably going to be a th- theme throughout, is it's just not clever. Like it does the same things, but it's not clever. You never watch it and you're like, oh, that was clever. That was interesting how they did that. And I felt a lot of that in this one. Yeah. Um, I felt like Tex Avery in this, like the character, like constantly getting hit by dynamite. It was like, oh, is this going on forever? Yeah. Um, I felt like one thing about this is unlike the other two, for better or for worse, the other two do kind of have a theme that's taking place. That's true. And I guess we'll explain those shortly. But this one, it's just in a mine shaft the whole time. Yeah. And I guess you got, I don't really think there were much like mind specific pranks that were happening a lot of dynamite but i kind of feel like that's not the only time you see the dynamite in this tex avery cartoon that's true. It's the wild west yeah and the one gimmick was that a lawyer was trying to you know make both of these characters have the mind 50 50 percent yeah i didn't feel like there was much creativity going into this no not at all it definitely felt like it was like yeah they're westerns let's what's the what's their like, what do they run into this time, basically? Yeah. That was pretty much it. What's their deal? And What's, then also, like, I mean, this works for comedic effect, but it's in most cartoons. Does it? In most yeah, cartoons. Okay. But the the fact that a lot of things just kind of came out of nowhere, like the fact that there's baseball, right. and uh, they pull out a big magnet, and then, like, a cruise ship comes in. So, you know, randomness is something you can use for humor, but it does start to make it like, okay, so we're just... What are we even doing in this specific place? It just doesn't, it doesn't, it didn't follow theme. For a seven minute cartoon, it's crazy how it just spewed into different directions, which yeah. is weird. Um, all right, the next, next one? one. Yeah, which was, what is it, Maurice and Mooch? Uh, yes, Maurice and Mooch. Which is a Tom and Jerry, pretty close Tom and Jerry. We just brought up, uh, a, a cartoon about a chicken so Mello was growling there he hates chickens that's or my he dog. really likes them he's hungry <laughs> he's like the mooch in this situation yes and I am the Maurice um, nice. it's it's a very simple situation of a fox being super hungry also in poverty um, which we should mention uh, trying to eat this little tiny chicken named mooch mooch is obviously always oblivious and willing to jump into every single like ruse or whatever but never actually gets caught always best Maurice. Yeah. it's um also not that clever not that clever but i did think at least this one did follow some sort of theme like you mentioned yes. the gravity thing yes so the whole thing was it was the maurice is going to either his first day of school or based on how much he already knew you know a day at school yeah although there was a point where he went to a school that he thought was his so maybe it was his first day that's but true in I reality think it- that was just crafted by mooch yeah. Regardless, so there was a theme of him saying like, "I learned this thing and that thing, and that each one of those things caused Moosh to get like in some sort of peril." And I appreciated that. Yeah, it connected. Yes. <laughs> it nicely in the seven minutes it set something up and it paid it off, which is apparently a lot to ask for this show. Yeah. Um, I thought that uh, Mooch's voice was kind of funny. Uh, Moose Mooch said "school" like Cartman did. I'll give you my best impersonation now. School. Um, which was... I think that way, that was Maurice. Maurice was the chicken. Oh, that was Maurice. Sorry, Maurice. Mooch yeah, reminded yeah. me of, I mentioned this to you while watching it, the the antagonist in Frosty the Snowman. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's which hard was for me the to kids. Just, yeah. <laughs> That's right. Hot take. Okay, well, in that case, I'm talking about the old guy who yeah, killed yeah. Frosty. Yeah, he's the traditional one. 
I should write a thesis, like hot take, the kids were the real villain mm-hmm. in Jack In Frost. this essay, I will. <laughs> My thesis. So that was Maurice and Mooch. Yeah. Basically Tom and Jerry. Yeah, but worse. And also responsible for Cartman's saying of school. And they talked a lot, which is something that Tom and Jerry never yes, do. Yes, that is true. That is one thing I mentioned to Chris watching these was, you know, a lot of the times, especially for international play, it's nonverbal because it plays across all countries. All of these cartoons in no way needed words. And they all had words for really no reason. And the bigger problem at stake is, is if you can say that you can make your cartoon without any words and it's the exact same, then you're not really taking advantage of the medium. There was no reason for any of that dialogue, so why even put it in? And that's frustrating because there's a lot of fun you can have with dialogue. It honestly could have opened up another stem for comedy and they just kind of butchered it. Yeah. Um, It's really just used for setup and like things that didn't need to be said. So with that being said, we can move to the last one. Pompeii Pete. Pompeii Pete. I thought this one was the best one. I agree because I think it's just an amazing log line. Like that's, it's just a dude who was in Pompeii and the volcano happened and he got put in a museum as he turned to stone and then he cracked open. He's like, guess what? I'm a, he Han Soloed it. Yeah. I was going to say like a Game of Thrones reference, but in case you aren't caught up, yeah, right. Wait, what's the reference? I want to know the reference. Jon Snow. Right, right, right. Yeah. Well, he, but we don't, I think he was encased. You're though. right. I mean, Han Solo was better. I was just thinking because he was dead and then yeah. he wasn't. Yeah. So he's Jesus. And Jesus then he's, is the ultimate, like, spoilers if you haven't finished the Bible yet, but <laughs> I don't even think you have to finish the Bible to get there. Yeah. Well, you know, if it's not the end. I just don't want to spoil it for wherever you are. Yeah. You're I mean, stuck in, like, you imagine Deuteronomy. You're waiting for that reveal and you're just like, well, I guess I'm done reading the Bible now. Shuts it. Listen, <laughs> stops listening to the podcast. Burns it. This isn't a religious. Oh my God. <laughs> it really isn't a religious the one now. The haters are um, going to attack us now. So, anyway, Pompey Pete um, was, was pretty decent. It was basically in this particular episode, there was this, uh, was it a French or an Italian chef? I. Because uh, Pete sounded Italian. I mean, based on yeah. the fact that he's from I Pompeii. think he was French. I think he was supposed to be French. Okay, that's what I thought. But he was making all Italian food now that I noticed it. That's true. So maybe, you know, he was a uh, French-tarian. Of course. French-Italian. French-Italian? Yeah. It, if Italian? Wow, that is tough. So he basically is making this French bread with his spaghetti and he's really like the typical TV host. He's really annoying, and I'm the best, looking at himself in the mirror. And he fires his assistant because she's awful, I guess. So they hire Pete. I don't know. He's just Pompey a janitor. Pete. He's just, he, apparently, in an earlier episode or <laughs> before this, he got down from the museum and immediately landed a janitorial gig. As you do. As you do. And uh, so he basically, long story short, gets the guy fired accidentally. Like he's kind of an innocent guy for the most part until he's not. I think at one point he tries to like kill this guy. He does think he is a monster because he's covered in dough and then rolls him over That's and then why. shreds him in a pasta shredder. I don't even know what those are called. But don't worry. It's a cartoon. Don't worry. Oh. Pretty good. Um, yeah, it's a cartoon because he, instead of um, him dying, he just becomes homeless, loses his job, and then realizes that his entire life is in shambles. But hey, he's fine. There was one particular scene where he basically gets his chest sliced open. And doesn't acknowledge it. No, he does. But he does he acknowledges it like he just right. revealed his naked body. Yeah, he's ashamed that his skin got shaved off by an electric mixer. So that's where we're dealing with here, people. Um, I agree that Pompey Pete was probably the best one. And by the way, it's because Pompey Pete also, by the way, did not need to have this 
definitely offensive Italian accent from a non-Italian person, by the way. The person's Canadian playing the voice and not Canadian, like has Italian heritage. Canceled. Yes. It, it, it was, it was not great. Um, there was also a bat. There's another reference in there that rubbed me the wrong way and I can't remember what it was. Oh, he said, uh, Uh, the foreigners line. Yes. He said, Ooh, foreigners. Which was very interesting because, by the way, this is a co-production. How? Well, okay, but that being said, he was the villain, so they're trying to make him look like a a racist, I self-centered guess. guy on TV all the time, gaining attention. I guess that's maybe fair. they were predicting the future. They should have made him American. Yeah, that would have been the way to go. Which I kind of felt like he was maybe supposed to be, but he also was from France, maybe. or or he was pretending to be French. He's a metaphor for the show. Oh my Canceled. god. So quickly running through the other four, just for the log line's sake, uh, Power Pooch. This is a dog that gains superpowers. Crypto? Exactly. Oh my gosh. Uh, we Crypto didn't might see be coming one, up later. But I was curious what, uh, if, I was hoping to get Power Pooch just to see if it was better than Crypto. That would have been good. We won't know. Uh, the other ones we got were Genghis and Connie. Genghis is a lion, I guess, that's trying to rule all of Europe or something. Great. And he runs into this like innocent uh, panda cub who throughout his, their adventures, I think he, I think it's kind of picking the brain. Okay. <laughs> it's amazing. You can just kind of pick out cartoons that these were supposed to be. So like. they're on the same team. I think so. I think basically uh, Connie just foils his plans all the time, but accidentally, because it, it describes yeah. her as innocently, um, destroying the planet. Even that's kind of like a more fun setup than the other ones. We got, we got, I think we got kind of shafted with the ones we got here. Yeah. What else we got? Einstone. Einstone? Ugber Einstone. Brilliant caveman. World's oh, first no. inventor. Nope. I'm out on that one. That was uh, based on an Avery cartoon, The First Bad Man. I didn't see that one because we didn't cover this, but I think that sounds funny. Mostly I'm, just because of the name. I'm more, if I had to pick my super three... It would be Power Pooch, and what was the second one you listed? Well, there's one more, too. Oh, there's one more. Okay, let's hear it. All right, this is Freddy the Fly, who's basically just an obnoxious fly okay. that annoys the heck out of a billionaire named Amanda Banshee. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I gotta be honest, I love the log lines for most of these, I, except for Tex Avery. Tex Avery, and I feel like the... Um, Mooch one is not very interesting. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Maurice Mooch. We, uh, we yeah. got shafted. You're I want right. Fly, I want Genghis, and I want Power Pooch. I want all of these except for Tex and Maurice, just yeah. because those are basically cartoons so we've seen boring. before. Those also shouldn't be in the same show together. They're too similar. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I don't know. Let's just, you know what? Let's rewrite this thing. Um, we'll do it. No, no, no. Um, pod. Okay, so... So your big three, if you were to... From, even that's my big three. Uh, you said Freddy the Fly? Freddy the Fly, Power Pooch, and Genghis and Khan. Yeah, okay. That's my power three. I'd go with Pompey Pete. Okay. Uh, sort of fun. Great. Mostly for the logline. Sure. Freddy the Fly kind of reminds me of the Breaking Bad episode where they're just trying to kill a fly the whole time. It's a good episode. But I'm into it. Yeah. And then uh, I'd just say Genghis and Connie. Why not? Sure. Let's throw it in there. I'm interested to see how that dynamic works. Are they on the same side? It, does he have a soft spot for Connie? He Why just, she named Connie? These are all questions we need to know. And we might not ever know. Is it because of the Genghis Khan play? Probably. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, so from talking about a lion and a panda, let's shift to a weasel and a baboon. That's what I was going to say. Uh, I'll do my weasel first. Yeah. In the Tex Avery episode, there is a moment where the person, the Tex Avery, uh, decides to go down a dark mineshaft and has a hat 
that attaches a lantern onto the brim of it for lighting. Genius. Dual hand movement. I'm all in on it. That's my weasel. Okay. I think my weasel was the moment when the French chef gets his chest sliced open. That's your weasel? Yeah. It was pretty unexpected and kind of darkly funny. Uh, Especially, I think it actually worked for me when he was more embarrassed about it. That could have easily been a mistake, but it feels to me like he should be like gasping in pain. But I thought it was pretty funny. They reached for a barrel nonetheless. It was shocking. I don't even know where the barrel came from. So that's a factor. Um, That was probably the biggest shock value. I also always root for a true underdog story. Um, okay. How to succeed in business. Well. Or die trying. So he's the underdog? Uh, the Pete. Pete is. Because he he ends up getting the show. Got it. Okay, yeah, Pete is. Um, my baboon is the show. No, just kidding. Um, my baboon is the lack. I guess I I guess it would have to live under writing, but I want to say even specifically the lack of cleverness in the show. Um, it's, it, 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 we'll read something later, but it really actually hurts what Looney Tunes was because Looney Tunes, while it was surreal and stretchy and everything like that, it was very clever. It like, you didn't see things coming. Like you mentioned, your favorite moment is that shock value of the chest. Mm -hmm. And while I thought that was a little too much and grotesque, it it was what made Looney Tunes Looney Tunes. It was the shocks, the things you didn't see coming, the twists and turns. And I felt like this was like the cheaper version of it. It was trying to mimic that, but not having the cleverness of the writing for it. Agreed. Yeah. I think for me, my baboon, I mean, there just were a lot of things I didn't like about this show, and we've mentioned them all. So I'm going to say basically one of my least favorite moments of the show. Let's hear it. How did he, for the Pompeii beat, they got canceled. The show got? Yeah. yeah. How did they get back on? No, no, no. So Pompeii beat, the chef show got canceled, despite it being so much fun to watch. Can you imagine watching that show as a live show where like, this guy's being grinded up into spaghetti and they just aren't getting along. I think that would make people flock to the TV. Okay, you're saying it's unrealistic and I canceled because this is probably the most shock factor show on TV. Yeah, it's like Fear Factor. Yeah, but shock. Shock Factor. It's like electricity version of Fear Factor. Mate Factor, throwback to the Ithaca restaurant. (laughs) It all makes sense. What if it was Fear, what if you got dropped in Fear Factor into a tub of tarantulas but it was also all of them were shocking you with electricity that would be shock factor right yeah. there I, I think we can make that a show yeah why um, isn't fear factor back on i don't know because they no one's afraid of anything anymore life is just <laughs> you so imagine if rough. It's, it's very um like metaphoric like it's very mental now yeah it's like um you're gonna have to pay a lot of taxes this year it's like no. trump, trump got reelected. no it's like no i can't handle this yeah that's it and then you have to jump into a you know uh, tank of eels. <laughs> the ozone layer is about to break. And here's a bunch of bees. Like <laughs> Not get, the bees. You get mental and physical. I like um, it. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, there were just a bunch of things that didn't make sense, which is fine for the cartoon, but yeah. just... Um, yeah, I don't what know. What else can you say? I'm going to give the Tom Kenny Award for excellence in voice acting to the person who did uh, Maurice because he created mm. Carmen. Oh, boy. I can't wait for my very first day at school. I hope my teacher likes this nice, juicy apple I'm bringing Yeah, I'm not here. sure who did Maurice. I know Billy West was in the show a bit. Yeah. Um, I think he actually played Tex Avery, though. Yeah. And, and actually, Sagebrush Sid, that's his name. Um, it's a good name. I will say that's a good That was almost my weasel was the name, Sagebrush Sid. Yeah. So um, I think he could have been meaner, too. A bunch of mini 
baboons that kind of come together, like the scene when the fox in the in the school bus turns into a ton of small foxes. <laughs> that was that, that actually was a shocking moment. That one got me, but it, what, there wasn't enough emphasis on mm-hmm. it. Um, it. So for final thoughts here, Chris. Final thoughts. I'm going to read something that I know we both looked at in our research. Uh, this is under the reception section of the Wikipedia page. The wacky world of Tex Avery has been criticized for its animation and humor. David Perlmutter, which is a terrible name, um, in his book Encyclopedia of American Animated Television Shows, which we should check out, by the way, described the show as an insult to the titular cartoonist, writing that it lacked the masterful way Avery himself employed and often transcended the limits of his material. In other words, this was really bad, and this was like, this shouldn't have happened. Yeah. Uh, Tex Avery probably should be in charge of stuff that's Tex Avery based. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe he was, yeah, I think he was still alive at the time. So, yeah. you know. Also, fun fact in other languages, one, in German, this show is called Die Tex Avery, <laughs> which I think is a nice metaphor for how this show should work. Oh, my God. Actually, he died in 1980, so he would not have had a chance to. Uh, that's the only reason this, this made it. The, the estate, I think, probably contributed to um, letting them make it. His one eye wouldn't have let this happen. No. He would have um, said, I don't allow this. Uh, speaking of not allowing this, mm-hmm. we do have to allow it on our list. Do you know where nice. you want to put this? Um, you know, I can't imagine putting it any place other than where I'm about to put it. Wow. That, well, then this, hopefully we're in similar because then we're going to, arguing is going to be tough. Oh my God. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Three. Two, one, sixty-two. Wow. Wow. I love me cartoons, man. <laughs> Wait, All right. You're saying that you put it in between because you love cartoons? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so wait, what are you putting Just it in between? like the real cartoons. Tex Avery style. Okay. I hate you. Um, okay. So I had this show at 59. Yeah. Brothers Flub is there as well as Gadgetini's and Crypto. Those are the three we have to debate between. What, so what did, what did you put it above? I put it above Brothers Flub. Wow, okay. And below Time Squad. You had it above uh, But Ugly, below Crypto. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like Brothers Flub should go above it, and I hate having to argue for Brothers Flub, but it's at least like an original idea. This is so interesting because not only is it not an original idea, but they tried to make an original take on it, and it was awful. Yeah. I think at least some of them seem to be original ideas, like Pompey P. Right. And I think it worked well enough, that particular segment, that it kept to its theme. And I think that... So, okay, so I think we have three different segments. I think we have to figure out which ones are better than the other shows. I think I think Pete is better than Brothers Flub. But the other two are worse. Tex, yeah, Tex is actually not good at so all. That's two to one. Oh, Maurice isn't either. I think we just got a bad hand, but you know, like they say in poker. That, that's the problem. If you get a bad hand, you're going to get shot. That, so the problem I had is like, should I be putting this somewhere for potential? Because some of these other ones sounded like they could be more original and interesting. But we do talk about one of the bases we made the show off of was you got to bring it every episode if you're going to bring it. You got to bring it. And they didn't bring it this episode. Look, we mentioned uh, in our Ben 10 podcast, there's like 10... Aliens. And yep. so if that you get sense. an episode with the two dumb aliens, not that there are any because Ben 10's awesome. True. Uh, that's just what you're going to get. That's what you're going to get. This one we happen to get the two unoriginal ideas. Yeah. Um, so. Okay. So I'm a, I'll put it below Flub. I just don't think Flub is very good. I don't Gadget either. Teenies is interesting because that is a show 
that at least kind of feels like an homage to Inspector Gadget, That's and true. it gets it wrong. So what? Who do you think execu- executed better on on their homage to the original? Let's I say think that. the one thing about Tex Avery's show is at least there were plenty of things that I recognized from Tex Avery cartoons, especially okay. in the Tex Avery segment. There was the one moment when the eyes went way out of the head, mm-hmm. and um, I think there was like a, a point where you saw a, a, a pinup uh, poster. And someone goes like, "Awooga!" Yes, that did happen. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, is that all funny? No, maybe not. So maybe. <laughs> but I know what you're saying. They get the references, but to, does it? Is there a purpose for it? Does it? Is there a greater thing that it all comes together for? Maybe not. But I do think that Gadgetini's. I guess I'm not the greatest expert of Inspector Gadget. I know that that one obviously had moments where uh, Inspector Gadget was dumb. And he didn't really do anything to help with the case. Yeah, that's true. It was r- really Penny, I think. Is that her name? Yeah. It was- uh, the, the, regardless, the, um, the, the little girl that's yeah. with him all the time. She saves the day. Yeah. It's so interesting because it is a retooling in that sense. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's good. Like sometimes going into the way of like a reboot or a remix or something is to find a new angle on it. But I would agree with you that that, that didn't feel very successful. No. I think I'm okay putting it above Gadgetini's. To be honest with you, it's a real tough once it gets down here. Yes. Part of me was like, I'm going to put it under crypto because crypto, while I think is trash, um, it's smoother to watch, um, even though it's like smoother in like a PBS, not a very enjoyable way. Um, but they're all bad, man. And I, and I think it's a good point to hang our hat on. Like, at least there are some noticeable homages mm-hmm. to something that was good at one point. And I felt like that was kind of the purpose of the show. Yeah, you know, trying to get that really, nostalgia. Really for tax, not for us. <laughs> it was all for tax. Um, all right, I'm cool with that. So, what 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 number does that put us at? That puts us at oh, overall cartoons. Yeah, like where does it actually land on the list now? Oh, gonna so put that's it? gonna be number. Oh, it's not 59 because that's what I put, and so someone didn't agree with so it. So it's 60. It's actually 60. Yeah, it's 60. It's 60 because we moved Flub up. Okay, so it made the top 60. Classic 63 cartoons. That's huge. We just have to watch one more kind of better one. And, and then, then we can have a nice March Madness style <laughs> free-for-all. Do a bracket. Uh, this isn't going to be in the play-in games. This also is not going to be released in March. So Great point. not quite the festive time. Oh, but 68. If we wait a long time. We'll make it. We'll get back to March. We'll make um, it. So while we wait for that to happen and we get our bracket ready, unfortunately, the wacky world is going to be uh, going away. We're going to go to a more grounded world. Mm-hmm. Full wanna... of cops. Do <laughs> you want to announce what our next cartoon is? Drum roll, please. Fillmore, I'm on it. Fillmore. It's freaking Fillmore. I don't really know much about Fillmore. Although when I looked it up, I recognized some of the character designs. Yes, I did too. And the name I think is incredibly... I I think this one actually really does have a little bit of a cult following. I think this was one that wasn't crazy popular, but it had like a fan base. I know what I did in high school. What? I joined the the students who tried to fight crime. How'd that go? I, I broke a shin. You broke a sh- whose shin? You know, was so, it your shin? Someone shot a water gun at me, and I just I got injured in combat. So wait a minute, you're saying that the water gun broke your shin? Yeah, well, you know, it made it it missed me. It hit the floor. It missed you. It, oh, nice pun. <laughs> I slipped, hit my shin on the ground, and there was a boo boo. Got it. So the crime you were fighting was a water gun. Yeah. 
Got it. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I was in chess clubs. I don't really have much here. No, that's too bad. You but didn't I have did, quite the Fillmore life that I did. I did, however, take a rook piece and um, shove it into someone's eye. <laughs> I was like, this is for Tex Avery. Oh my God. Yeah, I was nuts. Well, I'm going to have to step away from you. Let's quickly step in and say thank you to Aaron Nydick for the impressive artwork thank that you, we love so much. Uh, and Harold's Glow in the Dark Butter. Thank you, Harold. If you're ever uh, trying to make a wonderful human spaghetti like <laughs> Pompey Pete did, Harold's, saute that sauce and some mm, glow in the dark butter. Harold's is the butter for you. Perfect for any sort of Italian dish. The glow is how you know it's Harold's. When you're when you're when you're not making enough money on your cooking show to t- keep the lights on, you can use Harold's glow in the dark butter to keep your show going. Hey, Chris. Hey. Real quick before yes. we finish, if you did have to have your own cooking show. What would be like the first dish you would you would prepare? Oh, a nice ratatouille. Wow, you're going straight for the ratatouille. It would be made of real rats, though. What? Yeah. Say that again? Real rats in my ratatouille. Like as the meat? No fake rats. Okay, so you're... Wait, so you're saying that other ratatouille has fake rats in it, but yours would be the authentic real rats? Yeah, and we aren't joking around here. Well... Uh, I would like to be. I don't put me. Don't make it a we thing. I don't want to be in this. We. It's our cartoons. Uh, it's our website that everyone should visit. Our cartoons were the best. It's all ours, which is why you will be helping me with this ratatouille. Okay. I don't. I feel like I'm kind of getting forced into this. Um, you didn't even ask me what mine would be. Fine. Really quickly, what it, would yours be? It would be chicken fingers, but instead of chicken, it would be human. Why is Why is my rat one more? Crazy than yours. Uh, because rats like didn't do anything wrong. Humans do things wrong all the time. Okay. Well, and don't bring up all the plagues and stuff. That was a total friggin' they were framed. It wasn't their fault. Yeah, they were framed. Look, it was the I, mice. I think it's time that we stop talking about whatever sort of carnivorous things you've done in your life. Let's get back to making some nice fresh ratatouille. We'll be back on this pod later, but until then, our, our cartoons, cartoons were, were the, the best. best.